The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. As some of you know, some, what it would have been now, about 16 years ago, my father, Zechon Lavracha, got very, very sick. And it was, an, it, was, it was pretty much an overnight thing that happened. He flew to Eretz Yisrael. By the time he landed in Eretz Yisrael, something was desperately wrong. And nobody could figure out what was wrong, but he was not himself. His memory was gone. And he was in a very, very bad place. And he was in a hospital in Eretz Yisrael for probably close to a month. They had no idea what to do with him. They couldn't figure out what the problem was. Eventually, we brought him to America. And in America... We got him into uh, Columbia and Cornell Weill Hospital. And over there, they finally figured out what the problem was. They figured out that he had a terrible infection on the lining, on the meningia of his brain. And that pretty much wiped out his memory. He had no idea. He couldn't function. The problem is that while they figured out what the problem is, they couldn't figure out what to do. Couldn't figure out what to do for him. It was, they didn't have an answer for him. Didn't know what to do. And we talk, we're talking about big specialists. We had an infectious disease specialist, a big, big, big specialist. We had a bunch of neurologists who came in, and every one of them weighed in, what can we do, what can't we do? They didn't have an answer. They didn't know where to begin. They didn't know what to do. And he was laying there in the hospital for close to two weeks. And I'll never forget this. One night, I'm there with my mother, Allah Shalom, and the social worker comes in, and she says, so have you made plans to take Michael home? I looked at this lady and I said to myself, this is I'm taking him home. How am I getting him home? He was 72 years old. He couldn't function. He couldn't, couldn't get himself out of bed, couldn't get himself dressed, couldn't feed himself. The problem is he was also very, very strong and very physically fit, while at the same time being completely incapable of taking care of himself. So Mela, you have an infant who can't take care of himself, but you can lift it, you can feed it, you can take, do the basic things, and then eventually it'll, it'll take care of itself. Over here the problem is you can't. And I started to argue with her, and I said to her, we can't take him home, we can't take him home, we've got to figure out what's going to go on over here, what's going to happen. She says, oh no, there's nothing more we can do, the doctors have concluded there's nothing we can do, we can't help him. I said, well, let's get more doctors. She says, like, Mr. Meisels, we've, we've gotten all the doctors, we've done everything we can, unfortunately there's not much we can do. You know, we'll put you in touch with some agencies, maybe they have nurses, and I'm thinking to myself, none of the nurses here in the hospital had any success whatsoever dealing with him because he was not in a position to be dealt with. He was, he was in far too strong physical condition to be dealt with in, in, in that mental state, and it was, it was gefährlich. And that was a really, really terrible night. I remember driving home and trying to talk to my mother, and we could barely talk because we were just so, so, um, you know, so overcome with with sadness at what is this prospect? What are we going to do? How are we going to take care of him? And the problem is the doctor said there's nothing to do. There's nothing we can do. It's 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 over. It's hopeless. We don't know what to do. Came to the hospital next morning. On the way to the hospital, I got a call from my sister in Israel. She said, I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means. But somebody called me up today, earlier today, and said that he's here from America, and he's going to Abchayim, and he heard that my father is not well. Do I want him to mention Tati to Rabchaim? So my sister said, of course. I told him. I gave him my father's name. And I said, please go to Rabchaim and talk to Rabchaim and tell him that we're Bechay Sa'etza. 
She said, I don't know what it means, but this Yid called me back and said that he gave the name to Reb Chaim. And Reb Chaim looked at the name and Reb Chaim said, Tell them it will all be Beseda. I said, Khan, <laughs> tell them it's going to be Beseda. We are at the most not Beseda place in our lives. You know what they told us last night? They're discharging Tati. They don't have an Eitzah for him. She said, I don't know what it means, but I know that Reb Chaim said, this is not a story I heard. This is a story I lived. I lived this story for years. Zachan, I don't know what you're talking about. How's it going to be Beseda? Well, that morning, they didn't discharge him yet. I got a phone call from one of my siblings. He said his wife had been doing research, all kinds of research everywhere, trying to figure out, is there anywhere that we can find where some type of an experimental treatment has been done on this condition, is there anything? She found that in Norway, there was a Norwegian study that was done with, I think it was 18 people. And they found that if you use a certain medication, but in incredibly high doses, very dangerous, incredibly high doses, it can sometimes have an effect. I said, look, the doctor's coming today. I'm going to try to tell it to him. The problem is this doctor, every time you try to tell him, he's Ufka Blizzard of Balgaiva. He didn't want to hear anything you have to say. He would say, to you, yeah, well, we know what we're going to do over here, but he had no idea. And then he would say, he doesn't know what to do. He came in, I don't want to say his name, and I said to him, Dr. So-and-so, um, maybe I can call your attention. This is what I was sent. I got the email. I said, you know, there was a study that was done in Norway, and they had success when they used this medicine and these doses, he says, oh, that would not be indicated in this case because it's very dangerous and I don't want Michael. I said, can we please, can, can, can you just do me a favor? I'm not asking you to give it or not to give it. I'm asking you, could you look at the study? Because apparently the results of the study were favorable. Could you just do me a favor and look at the study? Well, we don't do that. That's not medically indicated. I said, but doctor, I'm asking you a favor. We don't, it's not like you have any better AIDS. It's not like anybody came up with anything. Do you think we could perhaps look and see if there's something we can do over here? I said, okay, okay. And he said, send me the email, and I forwarded the email to him. Comes back later that day, and he says, you know, there's been a study in Norway, as if this was his plan. There's been a study in Norway, and uh, they have seemed to have some limited success, so we're going to try Michael on this regimen. Now, this is very dangerous. We're going to need you to sign off on this. Give me the paper, give me the pen, I'll sign right now. They gave him that medication starting that night. By the next morning, he was sitting up and talking to us coherently. And he was on this medication for close to a year. Did he have a full complete? No. Did he get almost back to himself and have many long years afterwards where he was able to function beautifully? Yes, he did. He had many long years after that. I don't have an answer. I don't have a pshat. But to me, it was Teres Chaim. It was Teres Chaim. What he said is what it was. What he said is what it was. The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org.